You're listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell, a podcast discussing the latest trends in technology in the food and supplement industries, featuring conversations with regulatory experts, quality and safety champions, and thought leaders across the industry. The podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome to today's episode of Transparency Talk with Trustwell. I'm your host, Katie Jones, Chief Customer Officer here at Trustwell. In today's episode of Transparency Talk, we're continuing our regulatory roundup series where we explore the latest, greatest updates to regulations related to the food industry. Once again, joined today with Megan Murphy, one of our labeling and regulatory consultants here at Trustwell. Quick bio on Megan. Prior to joining Trustwell, Megan was manager of nutrition database and labeling on the McDonald's nutrition team. Megan also served in nutrition roles at McNeil Hospital and Valley Total Fitness. A registered and licensed dietitian, Megan completed a combined dietetic internship and master's in public health at Benedictine University. She completed the didactic program in dietetics at Loyola University, Chicago, and holds a BA from the University of Illinois, one of our amazing experts here at Trustwell. Welcome, Megan, to the podcast. Thank you, Katie. All right. So there's not a month that goes by where there's not a lot going on, (laughs) which is great for our podcast. So We've seen, um, particularly here in um, the U.S. and internationally, arguably, um, a shift in the landscape of allergen labeling, particularly the addition of sesame to the list of recognized allergens. So um, this addition, it sparked a lot of discussion within the food industry, within regulators. And, you know, as concerns regarding food allergies continue to rise, no stranger to myself, my son has a a very um, severe tree nut allergy. Um, Recognizing sesame as a major allergen um, really is gonna have and continues to have a profound impact on consumer safety, product labeling, and just generally how we're talking about allergens. In fact, so since this allergen has been added, um, some companies have been intentionally adding sesame as an ingredient to products that would normally not contain sesame, which then requires them to declare it obviously as an allergen on the product. So an interesting kind of impact that's that this new allergen addition has had, and the FDA commissioner actually recently released a statement about this practice. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, about what was said? Yes, so there is a recurring newsletter called FDA Voices, and this version is called Catching Up with Caliph. And Robert Caliph in this um, newsletter addressed the current status of labeling uh, of sesame as an allergen, which you mentioned. So he first um, stated that he they're seeing many manufacturers are adhering to the label requirements, and they're also making the appropriate accommodations in their facilities to manage sesame, especially when it comes to cross-contact or cross-contamination. And this is usually either by, you know, having a dedicated sesame-free production line or other processes to reduce that risk. But he did acknowledge that there is that current practice that the FDA does not support. Uh, It does seem like some producers are intentionally adding sesame in some manner as an ingredient, which requires them to declare it on the label. And for example, this would be the addition of sesame flour to a product that would not usually have sesame in it, like a plain bagel. So this ends up forcing a label declaration rather than, you know, the producer putting in 
workplace strategies to reduce that risk of cross-contamination in their facility. And what this ends up doing is it limits options and confidence for consumers to find those sort of products that they're used to, especially when they're allergic to sesame. Um, He did close the newsletter stating that the FDA is working with the industry and consumers to hear more about this issue. Um, The FDA's goal is to learn more about the challenges facing the industry regarding production, allergen labeling, and to also help consumers find foods that are safe to eat. Um, But at the end, he did encourage consumers to check labels each and every time that they purchase a product, especially, you know, because things could change. Yeah, that's... um... I'm glad there's a statement being made, you know, obviously for consumers that, you know, struggle with that allergy um, can be a quite frustrating experience um, to, you know, have a have a product that you can normally buy. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can't um, just to kind of get around this, uh, you know, label, very important labeling requirement, obviously. So um, speaking of the FDA, there has been you know, quite a bit of noise, especially in the last year surrounding the agency and specifically how it's structured. So we've had the recommendations that came out of the Reagan Udall Foundation late last year around, um, you know, how and whether really like food and the regulation of food and food safety, you know, is getting, you know, the proper amount of attention within, you know, the larger agency of the FDA that obviously also uh, has jurisdiction over, um, you know, the drug part of it. Um, what's the latest? Uh, has there been any movement on those recommendations? Um, I know those, those came out, uh, I guess it was what, last year? And, uh, you know, haven't, uh, what's what's the latest on that? Yeah, so this has definitely been evolving in the past year. So then, as you mentioned last year, Robert Califf requested that the Reagan Newdall Foundation do a comprehensive evaluation of the FDA. And the goal of this was to strengthen the FDA's regulatory role and the role in food safety. And this came upon the heels of the infant formula um, recalls that was created such a situation in the past couple years. So as mentioned, this report was published in December 2022. And then soon after, in January, the FDA published their own version of what they saw the new FDA structure should look like. And this structure would put the offices of food safety and food policy, among others, under a new organization called the Human Foods Program. Then in June of 2023, based on feedback from consumers in the industry, the FDA issued a press release which provided an updated model. Um, And there are a few other things into this new model, but this plan created a center of food excellence and nutrition. And this center would work with industry to help offer more nutrition nutritious food products. Um, It also announced the establishment of what's called an Office of Integrated Food Safety System Partnerships and the goal to strengthen food safety initiatives um, to follow the FSMA uh, rules that have come out. 
So more recently, even um, representatives of the supplement industry have been very vocal about their concerns that the planned reorganization by the FDA would eliminate what's called the Office of Dietary Supplement Programs or ODSP and merge it with other functions. So with this, you know, feedback and um, you know, the, the industry talking about their concerns with the supplements maybe losing a little bit of priority. Um, Robert Califf published another newsletter, Catching Up with Califf, and he addressed those concerns. Um, he stated that the new organization will still make dietary supplements a critical priority for the agency. Um, he also stated that the restructuring would create a unified and stronger risk management framework for agencies under the umbrella of human foods program. Um, and then at the end of the newsletter, he did say that more information will be revealed later this year as details are finalized. All right. Well, we'll have another topic when we get more information <laughs> later this year. And um our last topic for today will shift from human food over to pet food. So for many of us, uh, our pets are family and the safety and integrity of their food is just as important as obviously what we eat. So, um, and we have seen some pretty high profile, um, you know, profound recalls, especially in, in pet food as well. And recently the Association of American Feed Control Officials approved a new suggested labeling guideline that includes standardized nutrition information, clearer ingredient statements, and then some um, practices around storage and, and handling instructions for, for pet food. Can you give us an overview of those and really more specifically, what are the impacts for pet food companies? Yes. So um, the new labeling guidelines are called pet food labeling modernization and will be a big impact since it's the first major update to pet food labeling in 40 years. For the first time, pet food labels will display consistent serving sizes and calorie information, much like the human food labels that we're used to. There'll also be consistent ingredient statement formatting, as well as guidelines around common food names and being consistent around naming of the ingredients. Again, much like how uh, human food package labels are labels. Um, there will be an enforcement period, but it is recommended that producers, producers learn sooner than later about the requirements and make plans for the change. The AAFCO uh, recommends a transition of six years, but it will be up to each state to set its own rulemaking process because there's certain jurisdiction over pet food labeling that each state has uh, requirements over, um, and that will outline how the regulations will be adopted which in, within each state. Interesting. Well, we're seeing, you know, this, I think, you know, from what I can, I can see the market growing. You're seeing more pet food that looks a little bit more like human food, right? <laughs> so um, more refrigerated products. Um, and so obviously making sure that all of that information is uh, transparent uh, to the to the pet owners and to the pets, uh, very important, as well as, um, you know, obviously safe. So 
Megan, thank you so much. Always a treat to have you on the podcast to give us the latest and greatest of what's going on in the regulatory space in uh, food supplements and now pet food. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Uh, one of the amazing things about Trustwell here is our team, our regulatory expertise and the services that we offer uh, to our, our customers. So one of those is a series of regulatory seminars, and we have one coming up, Navigating the Allergen Labeling Maze, a comprehensive seminar on allergen labeling regulation. So if you need to know all things allergen labeling, um, as we talk through here, the addition of sesame um, and the importance of making sure that all of those allergens are clearly labeled on the product so that your consumers can stay informed. In this seminar, Trustwell's regulatory compliance specialists will shed light on the intricate web of allergen labeling requirements. So whether you're a food manufacturer, distributor, retailer, or food service professional, this seminar will help you with the knowledge and tools to ensure compliance and safeguard the health of your customers. It's a two-hour seminar. It will be held on Thursday, September 7th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And this seminar is also eligible for CPEUs, so 1.75 CPEUs, and you'll also get a printable certificate of completion. So we will put the link to that regulatory seminar on allergens within the notes of today's podcast. And thank you so much again for tuning into Transparency Talk with Trustwell where we explore the critical role of transparency in building trust and driving positive change in today's food chain. Thank you for listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell. To learn more about Trustwell and its technology platform that connects product formulation, nutrition analysis, and compliant labeling with traceability, recall readiness, and supply chain transparency, please visit www.trustwell.com.